Welcome back, everybody, to Take It or Leave It. I'm your host, Dalton Mogul, and I took last week off. Um, Wesleyan had their one break of the semester. Thank the Lord, actually, because it was Easter, too. But, wow, that was a much-needed break for anyone who's a student out there at UNL or anywhere else um, that doesn't have any breaks. I'm, I'm so sorry, because that's tough. But we had last Friday and Monday off. So I decided to capitalize on that and just not record a podcast last week. Um, but there's a, you know, there was a, only the national championship going on last week um, that I could have talked about. Well, that was actually Monday this week, so we could still talk about it. But um, yeah, there was just not a whole lot going on in sports besides college basketball national championships. We had the Valero Texas Open for golf we had mlb opening their season my mets didn't even get a play on opening day devastating because i think it was covid related reasons but uh hey we got the w last night so that was big it's tough being a mets fan but i'll survive um but yeah this week for those of you who know i already did an episode on the players but this week is masters week and it's arguably the masters augusta national is one of the nicest courses in the entire United States, in the entire world. Um, They have one tournament a year that they prep for all year long, and the course is in perfect shape. It's unbelievable. If you've never watched, I really highly recommend you tune in this weekend um, from Thursday to Sunday to just check out this this golf course because it is a true work of art. It's so perfect. I mean, perfect's the only word to describe it. It's just such a great golf course. It's so cool and an amazing tournament. But yeah, this is what I want to talk about this week. We have the Masters. It's the first major on the PGA Tour. If you don't know, there are four majors. This is the first one almost every year. I mean, every year it's supposed to be, but last year they had it in November due to COVID, which is the first time they've ever done that. And it was kind of weird. It was hard to get into it. Dustin Johnson won it. Um, but yeah, it just was unlike any other masters. And this year it's also going to be a little different just because I'm a big Ricky Fowler fan and he's not playing this year. First major, I think he played in 42 consecutive majors and this is the first one he's going to be missing since then. So kind of a crazy stat to think of, but I'm also going to have a special guest joining me this week. Once again, uh, this is one of my roommates. His name is Trevor Clark. He's from a smaller town around York, Nebraska, but he actually went to York High School his senior year. Um, And we met at a golf course, at York's golf course, because his brother was the assistant superintendent out there for greenskeeping. And, um, I mean, Trevor's a a world-class guy. Uh, Not the best golfer, I'll be honest. Uh, Got a little bit better in high school, and he eventually helped us win a state championship, which was pretty special. But he's uh, mid to upper 80s. Okay, mid to lower 80s. I'll give him a little bit more respect than that. But really great guy. He really knows his golf, though. We uh, we had a lot of fun prepping for this episode this week at our house, and we're just big golf fans, so the Masters is always a tournament we can get excited about. But, yeah, that's kind of what you have to look forward to if you're listening to this episode today. We're just going to be talking about the Masters. A lot going on right now with it. Um, if you've been paying attention to any any of the news at all um, with what's going on at Georgia specifically, but uh, that's where the tournament's held. It's been somewhat controversial. There's some interesting topics to talk about. And then 
of course, we'll always talk about who we're taking and who we're leaving when it comes to tournament time because it's the first major. It's it's going to be – there's a lot on the line for people out there. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, one of them. Jordan Spieth getting his first win at the – first win in like four years at the Valero Texas Open last week who was one of the most successful Masters winners of all time just played to pure perfection at a very young age I believe he's 21 or 22 and then you have guys like Rory McIlroy who's still trying to win the Masters to complete the Grand Slam I mean it's just it's a stacked tournament it's going to be really fun Um, and, and I'm excited to talk about it so once again thanks for tuning in to uh, take it or leave it, and let's get started talking about the Masters. Thank you for tuning in to the Yip Podcast Network. This is a collection of student-created podcasts from Nebraska Wesleyan University. All of these shows are written and edited by current students who attend NWU. To be in the loop for podcast debuts and upload dates, follow us on Twitter at NWU Yip Yip. And of course, go P-Wolves! Trevor, it's a pleasure having you on. Uh, take it or leave it here. And uh, I just, I do it every time I have a guest on here. I just give you a brief little moment to introduce yourself, give us your expertise, why, why we should trust you talking Masters Golf today. Yeah, of course. Um, so my name is Trevor Clark, and I'm from uh, Benedict, Nebraska, over by York. Um, I've uh, been playing golf probably since um, my sixth grade year in middle school. Um, so I, I do have some of a somewhat of a decent history. I've never been the best golfer, but you know I I play my play my way around the course and I do all right for myself. But uh, I think I have some decent insight on uh, to give some logical master's advice this week. So I think uh, I I'll pick my way around and see what you think, and we'll go from there. So I was kind of just curious uh, as we talk about your knowledge of the game. What is your first memory of the Masters, kind of the first time you sat down and really watched it all the way through from like a, a Thursday through Sunday um, and kind of got excited to see who was going to win that green jacket at the end of the week? Well, the thing is with the, the game of golf, I picked up on it for my brother. He was uh, he played in high school. He's five years older than me, and uh, he played all throughout high school. And then I, I can, started to pick up on it probably, like I said, during my sixth grade year middle school. So... Oh, man, I'd probably have to say somewhere around 2012, 2013. You know, I remember uh, Adam Scott being the first Aussie to win the the, the Masters. Um, well, maybe not the first Aussie. I think Greg Norman, Greg Norman. was well, Aussie. Did he win it? I thought he, he had that heartbreaker where he lost. He did, I but I, I, think he, I think he did win one year at least. But uh, anyways, just uh, that's pretty much my first – memory i remember i remember that adam scott winning that i remember uh bubba watson with uh, the famous hook uh shot on the 10th uh 10th hole the playoff hole right. against on hell cabrera in the masters i think that was 2012 and then he won it again in 2014 but uh so yeah i'd say i started getting into it pretty heavily probably eight or nine years ago so that's my first uh vivid memory i have right. from it it's uh well and as jim uh nance likes to say it's a tournament like it none other that's right right it's, it's a tradition unlike any other that's what that's it is. right uh so i was just curious uh as far as tournaments what professional golf tournaments have you been to who have you seen play actually in person oh okay so tour? my my first tournament i went to uh it wasn't an actual tournament round but it was a practice round i've actually never never been to any 
professional golf tournaments just practice rounds because right. you know i mean they're a bit cheaper and also you can get to uh interact, interact with, the, with players. The, the players get autographs more frequently so because you can always watch the tournament on tv but for the the player fan aspect of it i like to go to the practice rounds my first one was at a uh, cherry hills in south denver uh, for the bmw championship back in 2014 i believe and then i made it up to uh chaska minnesota for the the practice round for the 2016 Ryder cup and haven't been to one ever since and it might be a little while with uh the covid going on right. right now before i before i see another one but i'm hoping to make it up to uh make it up to um whistling straits in uh Sheboygan, Wisconsin, this uh, this fall wow. for the Ryder Cup, so that would be definitely one to remember. So. Anyone, any like golfer stand out to you that you've seen on TV plenty of times, but you saw him in person and you were like, this guy just looks different than he does on TV, or like even striking the ball, does it does it just look different? Oh, I gotta say, I mean, you know, Henrik Stenson, he's always been known for you know his forward press on his iron shots, just one of the best ball strikers or has been on definitely the European tour, but the PGA tour as well. But uh, I just remember seeing him hit practice balls up at, uh, at in Chaska in Minnesota. And man, it was just something to see just how flush he could strike, uh, you know, a long iron or even any, any kind of club, but especially as long irons, he just hit it so purely. But uh, yeah, I have seen, I, I like to brag that I've seen Tiger Woods in person. I haven't met him, but also Phil Mickelson, I've, I've met him and talked to him. So I think that's pretty, pretty fun. And he, he just comes off as such a charismatic guy and just so fun to be around. And he definitely has that sort of vibe. So, but uh I definitely say Henrik Stenson, um, Jordan Spieth also. He, he's just one that has just, oh, man, I don't even know how to put it. He just, the way he goes about his game is so much different compared to everybody else because, you know, his pre-shot routine, he takes so long with that, but he's just, and especially now with his win last week, I, right. I think he's definitely making it somewhat of a comeback. So, yeah. Well, that's a perfect transition, actually, next up I had. Um <laughs> Can Jordan Spieth continue this comeback? That was my next segment. So you can transition it right perfectly. Um, yeah, last week, Jordan Spieth wins of Laro Texas Open. He's from Texas. Uh, home state win for him. And first win since 2017, the Open Championship, which was incredible. Um, crazy drop. We Craziest drop we've ever seen in golf, probably, if anyone's watched it. But, yeah, what do you think? you think Jordan Spieth can continue this somewhat of a comeback uh, as he finds himself in familiar territory at Augusta National? i got to say, Jordan Spieth, he looks like he's back. I mean, you know, his, his putting woes and uh, his driving accuracy, they, they seem like he's starting to put the puzzle together and finding the game again. Um, he came so close earlier this year. You know, he came close at the Waste Management in Phoenix and then – Brooks Koepka ended up winning that. He also played solid at Pebble Beach, I know, and then I think he was at Riviera. I can't remember for sure, but uh, just all the way. I mean, he even I think he contended at uh, the match play, but he just he worked his way up so much, and I think it's just the timing's really right. And um, he always he's played so well at Augusta. You know, it's a place where he's won, but it's also a place where he's had some issues. Remember, right, some heartbreak. I, mean, I definitely remember back in 2016 when uh, 
he took, I think it was a quadruple bogey. Yeah, there was a on, quadruple bogey. On the 12th hole on yep, Sunday. Yep. And then Danny Willett ended up winning that uh, the tournament that year. But uh, Probably back-to-back the two worst shots you've ever seen Jordan Spieth hit. Oh, no doubt. I mean, <laughs> it was just absolutely, he just laid the sod over the ball. And it was definitely a mental thing. Oh, yeah. You know, more than uh, mechanics-wise, but... It was it was tough. I remember watching that that year because I kind of hopped on the bandwagon when he won in 2015, both the Masters and the U.S. Open, and then contended so well in the rest of the majors. But uh, yeah, but no, I think I think Jordan uh, he's playing very well, and I think he's gonna be contending uh, this weekend at Augusta. Yeah, I saw this morning in a press conference he was saying. Uh, this is a direct quote from him. He said, when I drive down Magnolia Lane, for me, it's like it's go time. And, I, I mean, when Jordan Spieth says that, I take it seriously because this guy really does play well at Augusta National. He knows what it takes. Um, and also what it takes to win at Augusta. I mean, it's known for their notoriously fast greens and uh, giving lots of people some struggle on the greens. And that's what Jordan Spieth was known for um, when he was having – the best years of his career his putting was amazing absolutely it was stellar yeah. you know and i think that's definitely what it's going to come down to this weekend at augusta is i mean because being at augusta you can people can get away with uh being offline with their drives um i mean we saw back in november with dj and how the conditions were a lot more softer he was able to um break the tournament record uh, at 20 under par. And uh, that was just shown, not saying it was much easier because, you know, Augusta is definitely a difficult track, but it's definitely going to play a lot more difficult, I think, this week just because things are much more firmer. You know, the azaleas are blooming. <laughs> so I think uh, it's going to be come down to uh, who can get the ball in the hole. You know, right. Well, this is what I was going to ask you. What do you think um, right now on the PJ Tour? You have guys who are hitting the ball further than they ever have before. The beginning of the year, PJ Tour announces they might put regulations on golf balls to try to have guys start hitting it shorter again because they're just, it's tough for them to make a course. That's tough for these guys, some of these guys. What do you think? they got to do right now to make these courses tougher, but also fair. I mean, we saw at the players championship for Bryson DeChambeau, they've created an in-course OB on 18, which has never been done before off that left side because they wanted to take that away from him. Um, and then also the U S open just continues to get longer and longer each year. Uh, what are they, how do you make a course tough right now? How is Augusta national going to make this course tough for these guys? So they're not shooting tournament lows like Dustin Johnson last November. They gotta firm. They gotta keep this, the greens firm. You know, they gotta make them almost last like because I, I'm gonna go back on what you said about the equipment change. I just can't really see an equipment change just because that's the way I see the game evolving right now. You get all these young guys who are just hitting, crushing the ball, carrying it 350 yards, and but who knows what the long-term effects might be from that. Right. You know, uh, we, we look back at Tiger and seeing all the torque and everything he put on his body back in the early 2000s and, you know, just all the knee surgeries and the back surgeries he's been having. So, I mean, it might come back to bite him, but that's just the way the game is right now. And I think to 
make it somewhat equal for the shorter hitters, I, I think you just got to keep the greens at just, you know, a 12 or 13 right. on the stem, just well, yeah. absolutely quick, just to make it fair. Well, it's like you get an average Joe Schmo out there playing Saturday, Sundays, and all of a sudden the tour decides, well, we're not going to let golf balls be manufactured like this anymore. So there's a big cutback. Companies quit producing these balls that go as far, and you have guys who play Saturday and Sunday golf. What fun is it anymore? You're out here playing with a golf ball that doesn't go nearly as far, is not nearly as forgiving, and guys who already shoot 90s, maybe high 80s, I mean, that's going to make the game even tougher. It's it's seriously such a small percentile of the world of golfers that is actually being affected by the change in equipment right now. Of course. For the most part, this change in equipment is just to help the average guy get a little bit better. I mean, there's not very many guys I know that can hit a golf ball 300 plus, especially guys of older age who are primarily playing golf now because golf's an expensive sport. You pretty much have to have a job if you want to play a full-time job to afford it. I mean, I work at Pioneers Golf Course. I see college students come out and play sometimes and like, but pay 48 bucks to play 18 holes of golf when you're in college. You don't have that money. So I I just don't see that being like realistic for companies to cut back on all these advancements they've made in the manufacturing of the golf ball to make it shorter. But then it comes up like the PGA tour is like, well, how, how are we going to make these courses harder? Right. And it's not even working to make the courses longer. So what do you got to do? And I, I mean, obviously like you can make the rough thicker, there's a point where that becomes a little bit ridiculous. I mean, I played out at Keen Trace um, when we made it to the national championship at Wesleyan. It was about seven inches, the rough was. And, like, guys were literally losing their golf balls in the rough. Yeah, exactly. And then that's when it's it doesn't become fun. Mm-hmm. So you have, to, you have to create this line of tough but fair for the players. And I guess the national doesn't have very much rough. No. None at all, actually. No, hardly, yeah. I mean, they have bunkers. But, I mean, they haven't done any renovations to the course no, not really. Besides, I mean, the extension on the seventh hole, and I think also the fifth hole, they they really haven't done. Right, but they're not like putting new bunkers in. No, or, not really. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, their one protection on the golf course is fast, firm greens. Right, exactly. But that's like, that's where most guys are separated from being really good golfers. And just average golfers is guys with stellar short game. So it makes sense. I think, I don't know. I've heard that this year the course is firmer than it's ever been. And I hope that's true because I, I hate watching guys shoot 20 under out at Augusta National. It's just not very fun. No, it's not. Okay. <clears throat> Before we get into the next segment, I, I have to ask you, what did you think of Dustin Johnson's championship dinner? Okay, let me just read this menu off for you to refresh you. So we started out with some appetizers of some pigs in a blanket, which <laughs> there was something else with it, but that's the – he had pigs in a blanket. Pigs then he had uh, filet mignon mm. or some sea bass with a side of mashed potatoes and spring vegetables. And for dessert, he had peach cobbler and apple pie with vanilla ice cream. And then some fancy wines that I'm not even going to pretend like I know how to say them, <laughs> but I know that's what they had to drink. What are your thoughts on this menu? Oh, well, it sounds like your typical, you know, South Carolina <laughs> golfer barbecue guy, you know, likes his steaks, his mashed potatoes, and then, of course, throwing on the desserts with the 
the apple pie and vanilla ice cream. But he also did. I was a little um, starstruck, though, with the the pigs in a blanket. I know they were called something different on their Yeah, menu, they made them. They made them sound kind of They actually fancy. ruined pigs in a blanket. I, I would say so, too. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, your typical pigs in a blanket. Yeah, like a Super Bowl saying. snack. And exactly. somehow Augusta tries to ruin they, it. They try to make it all bougie and everything, yeah. but whatever. But no, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um it sounds like something I would like to try, you know, honestly. It sounds something not not nothing too fancy. I figured Dustin Johnson, he would have kind of, kind of gone fancy, you know. I mean, Paulina, I'm sure she coming from uh the Gretzky family, she uh likes her expensive things. But, right. You know, uh, <laughs> DJ he kept it nice and simple. I like it. But also I'm gonna bring this up. I saw I was watching live from the Masters yesterday and watching some news conferences. <clears throat> And uh, Phil Mickelson, he chimes in with a story from a previous champion's dinner, okay. Phil being a three-time champion of the Masters. Um, he talks about how after Adam Scott's win in 2013, the following year in 2014, during his uh, champion's dinner that Tuesday night, uh, they're coming out with a, des a dessert. And I know I'm going to butcher this name. It was something like... Uh, Polov, Polov or something like that. It was some type of meringue dessert and he attributed it to that. No one knew what it was. And even Adam Scott, the Aussie, he had no idea. So, uh, Phil chimes in and he's like, Oh yeah, it's this, uh, this, he says the name of the dessert, whatever it is. And then he attributes it to the name of some, uh, Australian dancer and just, ties all these stories together and everybody's calling bs out on phil and whatnot and uh he's like no no it's true but then he was like he can't google anything because there's no phones allowed in the champions uh, dinner. dinner yeah so uh chairman Payne at the time the uh, augusta board chairman was uh looking up on his phone he took his phone out and turns out uh phil said that pretty much verbatim according to what Wikipedia said about uh, this dessert. And this was Adam Scott's dessert? This was Adam Scott's dessert. Yep, that's right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up real quick what exactly this dessert was because it just had such a fancy name. But uh, um, it was from, as I said, the 2014 uh, Champions Dinner, and it was called uh, Pavlova. Pavlova, and it's like a it's like a meringue. So meringue's like a whipped egg whites with like fruit on top, but no one knew what it was besides good old Phil Mickelson. <laughs> That's just like a Phil Mickelson story, of course. Too. Well, I'm gonna put you on the spot here because uh, you probably haven't thought about this ever. But if you were to ever win the Masters, what what would we be eating at Trevor Clark's Champions Dinner? Well, you're not wrong. I really haven't <laughs> thought about that because I never envisioned myself winning the Masters, but. Uh, Man, that'd be tough. You know, I let's mean, start with appetizer. Of course, you know appetizers. I'm a big wing guy, so <laughs> and they have to be traditional bone-in wings. None of that boneless wing bull crap. I don't <laughs> like that because they're just chicken nuggets with barbecue sauce. So they got to be bone-in wings for my my appetizer. And then we'd start rolling out the entrees. I'd probably do some. Um, you know me, Dalton. I'd probably go with some pizza from somewhere you know, <laughs> either that be flight in from nebraska all the way from valentino's <laughs> yep. or make it easier with just a local domino's in the augusta <laughs> area so go from that um 
Get Maybe a side. some sides, you know. I mean, as DJ put it, smash potatoes sound pretty good. But honestly, I've been getting into sweet potato fries lately. Yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad at all. And I don't know. Don't they dip them in like cinnamon, brown some, sugar, yeah, cinnamon? Yeah, brown sugar. There's some type of like right. brown sugar cinnamon uh, thing that makes them really sweeter. Like that, but... but no, I just like them plain. And then uh, probably for dessert, I'd probably have to go. Oh, that's the toughest part. But. Oh man, I probably have to go with some type of like, mm, some type of cinnamon stick, ish dessert. Back Something cinnamon related. Yeah, you know, just the vows. Uh, the vows. Yeah, we just love vows up here so much. So. That's that's where I go with. Well, yeah, might as well just have vows cater the event for you. I might as well. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, so yeah, so there's kind of a cooler story this year uh, for the Masters. Actually, a first time um scenario that we're gonna see so this year for the very first time um the ceremonial first tee shot's gonna look a little different obviously it was jack nicholas arnold palmer and gary player for the longest time but uh since um mr palmer has passed away and was that almost four years that was ago? it would be it'll be five years this september five years yep so it's been a while and so this year they've added uh lee elder to hit the ceremonial first tee shot with Jack and Mr. Uh, Gary Player. And this is like, uh, this is a big deal because this is the first African-American to hit the ceremonial tee shot ever for, I guess, the national history. And if you know anything about the Masters Tournament, uh, Mr. Lee Elder actually broke the color barrier in 1975 by being the first black player to play in the Masters and just a direct quote he had, he said, I just want to make sure that the first shot of mine goes straight, which obviously you're hitting a ball with Jack Nicholas and Gary Player, two of the most highly rewarded players in all of golf. But, I mean, just really special here that Lee Elder gets to do this. But it comes at an interesting time because uh, the National Black Justice Coalition has come out in prior weeks, like a week ago, saying they wanted to boycott the Masters due to Georgia's new voting law. And I don't know, I just feel like this would be counterproductive. I, I hate to take a soapbox here and, and talk about this, but I mean, the PGA Tour is actually taking great steps in helping the African-American community this year at Augusta National. They're providing scholarships for uh, predominantly, well, I think an entirely African-American college for both a men's and female golfer. Um, and this is something that Augusta National has taken a stance on, and uh, it's been in action for about a year now. And also Cameron Champ, um, an African-American player on the PGA Tour, has been very active this year talking about um, just like – Your basic diversity and inclusion. Yeah, yep. stuff like that. And he's kind of taking a stance here at Augusta. I mean, don't you think it'd be kind of counterproductive for the Masters Tournament not to take a chance to use the stage to – to talk about these issues. Yeah, well, you know, I think we're in a very touchy time right now with this type of uh, these type of matters going on. Um, obviously, I don't really want to get too political about it, but uh, um, I do think it's uh, it's a good step that the uh, the Masters board is taking with Lee Elder. It's going to be it's definitely going to be exciting exciting Thursday morning as it always is with right. uh, the ceremonial ceremonial tee shots from. Uh, uh, from Lee Elder, Jack Nicholas, and Gary Player, but uh, it's, it'll be different this year. It's going to be, you know, those guys, uh, they got some years on them, and I'm hoping they can keep it straight down the fairway. But, uh, no, I, I, I do think it's um, 
important that the PGA Tour is making sure that there's, you know, equal representation across the board for all players, no matter what race or ethnicity they come from. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know uh, just how it's going to be with, I mean, it's cause it's still very early with, uh, with the whole all-star game and whatnot being uh, moved out of Atlanta, but uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting just because of the times we're in right now. But uh, I think that the PGA tour is doing a good job handling it and getting everybody's, uh, voice from it because I noticed in the press conferences yesterday that the players were being asked about right. it. And, you know, um, I, I think most of the players did a good job in uh, responding to those types of questions, uh, being the fact that they didn't want to get too political themselves. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I quote from Roy McIlroy uh, yesterday, he just uh, noting how he he's not a natural-born citizen of the United States, but how it's the land of opportunity and how everybody should be welcomed and included and fairly and equally. Yeah, I think Roy McIlroy put it um, exceptionally well yesterday in his press conference when he spoke on it. And it's an interesting take from an outsider, a non-U.S. citizen. Um, well, he is a U.S. citizen now, but not naturally born. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, the last thing I want to do on this podcast is talk politics because I'm the furthest thing from being a political guy. But, I mean, it's been brought to the attention. There's lots of news about this this year, about the Masters and, and the new Georgia voting laws. And um, you would practically have to live under a rock to not realize uh, what's going on right now with the civil rights matters in the United States. Of course. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just something to talk about. I think the PGA Tour is doing a much better job of uh, taking a stance on this. And um, the scholarships are a really cool thing. I, I watched ESPN did like a little short series on it a couple weekends ago. Um, but yeah, it, it was a cool, cool little story there. So just as always, the final section of my show, we're going to be talking about who we're taking and who we're leaving this week as the Masters tournament comes around. And I want to start with who you're leaving this week. I mean, who there's plenty of guys we can leave. There's plenty of terrible guys who are not going to win. They're not terrible. They're way better than us, but they're not sure. They're never going to win the masters. <laughs> I want to know who you're leaving, who you think is an overhyped player this week, who, I mean, you don't have to say they're going to miss the cut, but sure. you don't think they're going to be in contention at all. Sure. Um, I, <clears throat> I, I've seen how Lee Westwood's been playing this year, you know, uh, for, being as old as he is, I think he's definitely mid forties at least. I don't know his exact age, but uh, you know he's he's definitely contended at Augusta within his past uh, the past decade. Uh, he has, I believe, five top tens since twenty ten, and uh, but he hasn't really contended since twenty sixteen. So I mean, he's definitely been playing well but uh i just i don't see the hype around him too much that he's gonna be uh be seeing the weekend at augusta and also another player that uh, that i'm gonna be leaving off uh off the table for myself um i gotta say would be most likely brooks kepka and that's probably gonna be uh, 
a surprising one to some people just because, you know, Brooks is so well known for contending in the majors, right. but I think he's pushing it with the knee injury and his patella. Um, I, I love to see him back. I, I'm glad that he's, you know, got that linebacker mentality. That's for an golfer. Stance. Not very many guys are too glad to see him back. <laughs> right. Exactly. Cause he's so I mean, good, but yeah. you know, I just think, I think he's just pushing a little too much and, I hope he doesn't continue continue to uh, make that injury worse, but I don't see him contending this weekend. Well, I don't see how he can make it worse, seeing how he came out and said he doesn't ever practice the game, so I don't know how he's <laughs> making it worse. Kind of an interesting guy. The guy I'm going to leave this week that I think is uh, not even uh, worth looking into, probably going to be Tony Finau. Uh, started off the season pretty strong, gathered uh, three top tens out of the first three tournaments there in, in Hawaii. and then, Yep. Um, I can't remember where the third one was, but uh, he did not play very well at the players. Missed the cut, actually, I believe. And, um, yeah, I'm not sold on him right now. Lots of people have him in top ten. They think he's going to be a top ten contender. And uh, I don't know. Tony Finau, he's a good golfer. But... I mean, the guy doesn't even have an official PGA Tour win. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I don't know. It's just, it's just tough to I, I don't see him. I don't even – I mean, he'll probably make the cut, but I don't sure. see him playing nearly as good as lots of people expect him to. Let's just hope he has some ankle braces on this year <laughs> compared to a couple years ago. Well, no, we... Yeah, no par three tournament this year, so he doesn't <laughs> have to worry about that. That's right. Um, now I need to know, who are you going to be taking this week? First of all, who are you taking as your dark horse? My dark horse is um, – not, 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 not a lot of people know about this guy – but his name is Corey Connors, and he's a Canadian. Right. And, uh, you know, Canadians. Now, does they, he have one PGA Tour win? I believe so. I can, I, I, can, I can check that real quick, but I just, you know, Canadians, Mike Weir, um, some of them have some, uh, some good history at the Masters. And uh, Corey himself, he has, uh, I believe, just one PGA Tour win coming back at the Valero couple years ago back in 2019 so you know i i'm from what i remember i think he's been playing ex somewhat exceptionally um lately but uh, i gotta go with Corey connors if Corey connors won that'd be like when danny willow won the masters pretty much everybody Just was like such a uh outliner <laughs> outlier yeah. I, I mean, I bet you so exciting. many people have forgotten the year Danny Willett won the Masters because he's just pra practically irrelevant. I mm -hmm. mean, especially now, he doesn't. I don't even know if right. he has his tour card anymore. I haven't. And something interesting I did see now that you bring up Danny Willett was that um, back in 2016, when Danny Willett won, obviously right. that was when uh, Jordan Spieth choked by uh, taking a quadruple bogey on the 12th hole. Um, he had a his I think his first baby a yeah. few days prior I to the tournament. Say John Rom. And now <laughs> this week John Rom just welcomed his first son into the world yep. on Sunday with his wife. So is that some kind of, you know, correlation here? Maybe. They're but both uh, John Rom's too. That's right. <laughs> but John Rom being I think it's either number two or number three in the world. I can't remember. I get him and Justin Justin Thomas flip flopped, but uh I'm gonna say watch out for John Rom. You know, he's uh, He's been in contention. I mean, he's been playing great this past year, um, signing with a new uh, golf 
uh, equipment brand, Callaway. Yeah, I didn't like that. Made. I didn't like it either, but, you know, <laughs> it seems to be fitting him just fine. But uh, I also like John Robb. Danny Willett, um, he, he went to Jacksonville State University. John Rahm went to Arizona State University. Oh, so, so maybe it's another state, state university. Uh, maybe. <laughs> We're going to try to find as many connections as we can. That's right. My favorite dark horse, I got to go with Matthew Fitzpatrick. Mm. Uh, still a young guy. I think he's mid-20s. Not even mid-20s. Yeah, 26. Yep. Um, he's kind of cozied himself in on the tour. Another foreigner. Mm-hmm. Um, but solid game. And oh, definitely. He's been top 10 before, I believe, at the Masters. Yep. Yep, I believe he played there when he was an amateur. I yep, he did. That, and he was, he was, uh, I believe he won the lowest scoring amateur award. Yeah, at that, yep, point he, time. that was uh, back in 2016, as when Danny Willett won. Oh, uh, he was a tied for seventh, is what yeah, I have. So, that's so. pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't know if he, I'd consider him a dark horse still. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay, so now I need to know who you're taking as your favorite. <sighs> Man, this is tough. As we we're alluding to earlier about Jordan Speed coming in. Uh, fresh off his first one in more than 1,300 days. It's it's tough not to take him with uh, just how he's been playing lately. His game looks stellar. He looks like he's in a right mental state, I'd say. Um, he's recently just uh, gotten married. So I, I do like Jordan Spieth. Is he my pick to win? I don't know. I, I wouldn't say yes just because – you know, it's it was one tournament, you know, but he has been playing well lately. But my pick for the 2021 85th Masters is going to be Dustin Johnson to go back to back. I think Dustin, um, he uh, coming off his last Masters win, you know, of course, that was playing a little softer, but. I like DJ. I like how he's been playing lately. You know, he, uh, I think his last win was uh, internationally, I think over in Abu Dhabi, um, back during the start of the new year. But the guy's just been playing great. He looks like he's, I'd say, somewhat getting into the prime right now of his golf career. He's, uh, I think he went tied for second. at the PGA Championship behind Colin Morikawa last last year, and I think DJ's is in a really good spot, and I liked I like him to go back to back. Has does DJ still have to win the Open Championship to complete the career grand slam? DJ actually only has two major championships, so he has his Masters and the US, US Open, Open yeah. so he's he would still have the Open and uh, PGA, PGA to, to go. Was it was the PGA when he grounded his club in the sand, or was that uh, the That was the US? PGA in Whistling Straits. Yeah. Yep, that's so correct. he basically won that tournament. Pretty much, yeah. He, he's, been so, he's been so close so many times in all these majors, but he's, he's finally starting to find it, and I think he's cracking that barrier. So that's why I like DJ. But I'm also going to point out, and I don't know if you're going to take this guy, but – Every year we come back to it, Rory McIlroy. Yeah. You know, I thought you were going to say Charlie Hoffman. I wasn't going to say Charlie. He has the lead after the second yeah, day. Just well, after year. Charlie <laughs> finished in second at Valero last week, and I'm like, oh, well, look out for this guy to be finishing at the top leaderboard on Thursday and then choking and missing the cut on Friday. But uh, 
uh, I got to go back to Rory McIlroy. You know, every year I I root for him because he's just that one win away from completing the career grant and slam. He's been going at it since 2014, I believe, or actually 2015, when he won after the PGA Championship in uh, – Oh, that was in Kentucky. I can't think yeah, of that where. That was 14, wasn't it? That was 2014. Yeah, yeah and the finish 20- in the dark with Phil and yep. Ricky. And yep. Valhalla? Valhalla, that's what it was. Yeah. Yep, in Kentucky. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, so Rory's been going at it. You know, this will be his, I believe his, if my math is correct, sixth time trying to complete the career Grand Slam. So look out for him. He just had his first kid, too. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think that, that was last fall, I believe. So yeah. uh, he's in a good state too. So look out for Rory as well this weekend. Well, I'm going to have to go with the guy who's living in Rory's head rent-free, uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Mm. Um, I can't stand Bryson DeChambeau. I would not really like to see him win. I think he's – I mean, he's not ruining the game of golf, but he's ruining the game of golf. Um, There's definitely some evolution <laughs> to it. I'd some say. people, I just feel like, um, like when basketball changed from a defense game to an offensive game, that's what I think Bryson DeChambeau is doing to the golf game right now. I think people are seeing him, and all that junior golfers are going to start caring about is club head speed, right? And I think the game's going to evolve immensely because of this. I mean, it already is. I mean, yeah, looking at been. changing the equipment, mm-hmm. and I mean, I can. I'd say I'd solely attribute that to Bryson pretty much. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, did you see what he was doing on Monday yeah. at the practice range? It's just, he, was, he had VJ sing in the background watching him, and he was doing this speed drill. And, my God, the guy looked like he was just going <laughs> to break a few vertebrae in his lower back. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting with what uh, I just think Bryson's doing. I mean, all he has to do is just set up at the right trees and keep playing bomb hooks all day. And Augusta doesn't have very much trouble. No. There are a few holes where there's some trouble, but sure. he's not – he really does not drive the ball inaccurately. No. For how hard he swings, no. he actually has really good control of the ball. The thing – he's going to have to putt well, but also when you're hitting twice as many greens under reg, you have mm-hmm. twice as many opportunities to birdie those holes than anyone right. else in the field. I just think he's going to win it. I don't know why he won it. He it, it just sets up for him. He's peaking. He's mm-hmm. been playing well. Uh, he's getting all the hype. And he's the guy who has, like, lived off the hype. He's not a guy who will shy away from the hype oh, like yeah. Rory will. Exactly. He's always... Grand Slams. Once, <laughs> once Bryson gets the hype, he, he likes that. You know, like, he he'll feeds feed off, off it. it. Of yeah. course. Yeah, you see all the videos he's posting after. Um, all of his wins and everything. Yeah. He's, he's doing all these, uh, you know, leg, leg extensions and leg curls with his uh, with his U.S. Open trophy in hand. So he loves it. He's big. He, he loves the fans. And uh, I think definitely Bryson's changing this game. Yeah. But for the better, possibly. <laughs> That'll be to be determined. Yeah, it will yeah. be. Well, Trevor, as I said, it's a pleasure having you on the, the show. Of course. Um, I'm excited for tomorrow. I think this is going to be one of the best masters we're going to get in a while. The field feels even. I mean, it does. Yeah. it's tough. It's tough to say there's going to be a better masters than the year Tiger won it again. Right. Because that was so special. It was. But this feels like it's going to be so much better than last year because it's right. just not in November. Exactly. We're back to tradition. We're back to the Augusta we National. We're used to seeing 
Uh, we're going to have Jim Nance on the mic. Of course. I can't wait for what, tomorrow, man. Well, what gets better saying, than listening to Jim Nance? Friends. I mean, we got to listen to him all of March Madness, and now we get to hear him and his Elman at Augusta National. Of course. Um, like I said, man, pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, as thanks always, for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Take It or Leave It. Um, next week, I don't know what we'll talk about yet. Maybe, maybe I'll dive into a little bit of baseball and get someone else on here. I'm not sure, but if you have any ideas, go ahead at Twitter at NWU Yip Yip. Leave something. Tell me something to talk about. Basketball's over. The Masters is going to be over. I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss right now. I need some help. It's going to be tough. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in.